Hi, everyone. Welcome to Close Encuentro again with uh, your co-hosts. Uh, I'm Jude Hunts from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm the Faith Outreach Director for Habitat for Humanity, as well as uh, an adjunct instructor at a bunch of different colleges here in Kansas City, along with John Gonzalez, the uh, Director of Parish and Community Relations at Catholic Charities here in Brooklyn, New York. And I also teach at uh, St. John's University. Great. Right. So how's uh, so how are you doing, Jude? It's you know, actually a little over a week, uh, and we both did our civic duties, our civic responsibilities, and here we are. So what's what's tell me what's been going on over? Right. Over yeah. The last Kansas time we City. did this was election day, and um, you know um, we you know needed several obviously to see what the outcome was going to be and whatnot and. Uh, um, and then we needed some time to see how how the election was going to be received and whatnot. So, um, you know, plus we're getting into the holidays. So I'm sure your work is just as busy as mine in terms of all the things we're doing. We're getting to the end of the semester. So lots of grading and lots of yeah. things going on. But, uh, you know, I think the overarching thing is, um, uh, you know, we're still sort of in, uh, you know, election mode, um, you know, kind of processing it and, uh, seeing, you know, just where folks are landing on it. And uh, so what's been your experience there in Brooklyn? Uh, well, it's, uh, I, I mean, as far as the um, the season, uh, in yeah. the same boat as you are, I mean, for, with my Ministry of Catholic Charities, this week is intense because it's the, um, the turkey drives. So yes, okay. Thanksgiving is next week. Right. For us, it's this week because we have, you know, we have to do the distribution in the back of my mind. I know there's something called Advent coming around the bend uh, and, you know, the Christmas events, the Santa toy shop. But, um, you know, here we are. Uh, November 4th was, was November, Tuesday, November 3rd, was it? That, that was, yeah. that was, a, that was that's, I don't know how long ago that was. Um, but we're we're still in this environment in fact let me tell you something jude yeah uh, we here in brooklyn we have a uh, currents tv that's the diocesan uh tv station uh and i always check up to see what you know what's being talked about in the diocesan uh language the diocesan current it's actually a pretty right. good uh news media system right uh very, i would say even very good independent um but they had a, a piece today i was checking it out today this morning about the stress and, and stress and anxiety, stress and anxiety that already exists because we're in COVID world. Yes. We're in the, the world of the pandemic. Right. But they said aggravated now because of this election. Interesting. And so they interview people, interview people because we have a, a sitting president who doesn't concede, who's not conceding. Uh, uh, that's the current reality, right. who's not conceding. We have uh, the president-elect who is, you know, moving forward, but with, uh, but you know, not uh, not with any um, collaboration from the existing administration. Right. And to be honest with you, we still are living in a situation of um, that's not very civil with the Republicans. You know, uh, so far, not all until I should say, but uh, still uh, supporting. The idea that the uh, current sitting president could win, even though he lost the election, right. uh, and the Democrats, of course, siding with uh, Joe Biden. 
So it's very stressful. And I, I feel it. That is here in, in New York and even in upstate when when uh, shortly after the election happened, I was in Albany. Uh-huh. And Albany was, as you know, you know, in yes. the upstate. Once you get out of the city, you're in conservative territory. Right. Um, so even it's stressful for the folks up there, the ones who voted for Trump, stressful for us over here, the ones who voted for Biden. Um, but I think that's sadly in this one, we're coming up to Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's the general, I could say that's the, the general feel is this yeah. anxiety and stress. And I was glad to see that, uh, Brooklyn diocese news station picked up on that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You know, the COVID experience has definitely created an additional layer of stress, especially as we get into another spike in the season. Um, you know, my youngest son was on quarantine for two weeks because he had a classmate yeah, that was that. positive. Um, our schools are now starting to close down. I saw New York has decided to close their entire school system and go virtual again. Um, one of the colleges I teach at is uh, going in that direction. I teach online there anyway, but they're shutting the campus down after Thanksgiving. Um, and you know, a lot of people have different reactions to that. I, um, you know, I was taking a walk. I mostly work from home, you know, during the pandemic. And I was kind of reflecting on this. I was taking a walk the other day and I was just kind of thinking about what my experiences have been during the pandemic. And while there's been stress on one hand, one of the things that um, I've experienced though, is I've been getting my getting to know my neighbors more. Um, I, um, I didn't really know who my neighbors were for the, you know, the 12 years here, but not, but the, in the last six months, I've really gotten to know my neighbors and it's really been kind of a neat thing. Right, right. Um, it's made us closer. I mean, um, so, um, you know, like anything else, I think it's how we react to things. It's how we, how we take and process, you know, different bits of information. I think the election is somewhat similar. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, the, the, the morning after the election, you know, I was watching, you know, my Facebook feed and, you know, I've got friends on both sides of the spectrum and, you know, on the one hand, you know, who were more concerned who thought that Trump had won and they were saying, oh, you know, Jesus Christ is still king, you know, Jesus Christ is still king. And on the other hand, <laughs> some of my liberal friends, you know, who voted for Biden and were, you know, worried about, you know, a second Trump term. Yeah. And, and, you know, they were kind of freaking out. And obviously the that whole trajectory has changed. But, you know, just watching the, the initial reaction and the reactions afterwards, you know, are these are these really responses fake, right? Or are these, you know, <laughs> are these, you know, using the veneer of our faith to, you know, uh, to put window dressings around our politics? And I think that's, and to me, that's that's all true with faithful citizenship. That's that's right. where you know we come across it. But this is. And I, this is my, my students. I, I, I teach class in Catholic social teaching. So I use right. that opportunity to, to say, you know, uh, the, the purpose of what we say with regards to political or civic responsibility is forming your conscience. Right. Catholics have this, this thing. <laughs> right. know, we believe conscience comes from God. And, it's, and so we're, we're, we, we hold true to that, that it's not us telling you 
what to do. It's God through your conscience, but we help form that. That's our, that's our place. That's our responsibility. Um, I kind of wonder now what's our responsibility post-election. Um, you see the Pope having accepted Joe Biden. That came right. as a news. Uh, the USCCB made a statement uh, recognizing, you know, the, the, the upcoming president-elect. Right. Um, and so, okay, that's good. But with regards to the anxiety and the um, and kind of the lack of political civility, um, I, you know, I'm wondering how we can, uh, you know, what, what's the what's the way forward? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a difficult question when I think about it because there's the utopian. Well, I don't want to just say utopian or the idealistic way of looking at it, uh, with regards to okay, you know, reaching out to to the other, of course, which is what Pope Francis wants. But what happens when you have an intransigent uh, president, uh, and I think that's the concern we have. How far is he willing to go, and and do we need to be a little bit more active instead of just talking about being civil when one party is not being civil? And I think that's the, at the heart of the anxiety. Now, where's our Catholic formation of that? That would be a curious conversation. Yeah, I um, I don't know if you have a conversation with a friend online about this, and um, he's not. Catholic, he's a, he's a Disciples of Christ minister, but we've been friends for a long time, involved in a variety of different social justice issues and whatnot. Um, and, uh, he was asking me the same question, and I said, you know, I'm going to go back to my days of teaching English, um, you know, teaching English literature before I uh, got into philosophy. And I said, you know, my favorite Shakespearean play is Midsummer. Um, you know, because here you have a problem that begins in the city. You've got these lovers who aren't able to marry because their parents won't allow it and all this and that. Um, and you've got this real dilemma with these, uh, with these couples. And, and it starts out feeling like this is going to be another Romeo and Juliet story. We're going to have, you know, just mass suicides, right? Um, mm-hmm. But what ends up happening is everybody winds up going to the forest, Right. Um, they're actually intending to go someplace else. They get stuck in the forest. And they uh, encounter the spiritual realm. They encounter the world of the fairies and the spirits and whatnot. Oh, okay. Who, uh, you know, intercede and fix things for them, okay? So that in the morning, they wake up and everything has been resolved. And the resolution is such that the people who come from the city to look for them, they're outside the city, they encounter these lovers, they recognize the fact that this has been resolved and fixed, and they accept that decision. And they bring the lovers back into the city, they celebrate the marriages, and you know, life is good again. And, and I wanna make the argument that the church is the forest. The church is the place where people come mm to listen, okay. to encounter to the, you know, to encounter the divine, to, um, you know, to find a resolution in the presence of God, okay? And then, you know, to have that, that resolution impact the city, to impact, you know, mm. of, of, of people where they're at. Um, and so that's kind of, um, you know, I think that's what we need to be, is to be that place of discernment, to be that place of conversation and dialogue. Um, 
And that's not an easy thing. Um, you know, this is a very polarized, <laughs> you know, society, as you can tell. Um, it's not an easy thing yeah, yes. to create those dialogues. And, um, but I think that's the only, you know, I think that's the only posture the church can be because otherwise, you know, uh, in a different conversation I had with somebody else, I said, you know, <laughs> the only other posture is what the church has done before, which doesn't work, which is to sprinkle holy water on regimes and anoint kings. And, and that has always and everywhere led to abject failure for us. Okay. Um, right. right. You know, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so. Although it, not, you know, it had a certain images too, you know. It, sure. It looked, it looked sure. Really yeah, but Yeah. But more <laughs> often than not, we propped up, you know, corrupt regimes and, you know, dictatorships that you know had no business existing because we hold it on to this old order that right right <laughs> you know, was not sustainable right. so yeah with, with the whole evil thing and all that that's that was that was christendom we have to own it right we have to own right. it and and uh, and that was then but this, this is now and i think your suggestion is is right on it, it, it's it's absolutely right on um and i like the metaphor of the forests in relationship yeah. to that um to that um, place, um, we need to be that uh, you know the, that place, and I think that place I can see sprinkles of hope in there. When I think about how you know the the USCCB, you know they're however you feel about right. uh, you know about the issue, they're looking at you know having a working group to address this this phenomenal you know historic moment of right. a second Catholic president. Right. Um, and I'm glad uh, that the USCCB sees it that way, and they approach it that way. You know, within as presenting, you know, it's, you know, with the consistent ethic of life. Right. He talked about the migration, the ecological issues, but of course, he has to talk about the um, the abortion issue and the life issues as well right. as the Catholic school issue. Uh, and and you know, Democrats are great on some of these issues: immigration, ecology. Not so good with the uh, you know with the issues on the right. So that they're having these working groups, and I think that seeing the church move forward, I hope, presents to the Catholics in the pew, uh, you know, just that type of balance uh, approach for for how to how to you know deal with the with the, with the political anxiety uh, as it is. But I think. I think this forest, this forest needs to be out there for the long haul. And it always, yes. that forest always needs to be there because, you know, let's assume that things move in a natural progression and, and January 20th comes upon us and, and we're still going to need to have that space. Yes. Uh, this country, it, 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 one election isn't going to do it. And it never did. Right. But we have to have that space to be, to, to how can we maintain this, this other posture which you don't see, uh, you know, uh, in in media, in you know, especially the the medias of the of the pundits and all that. So, I think that's a challenge. I, I think that's a that's a big challenge. And you know, we can see the the you know Sunday and and church and liturgy, maybe as a safe place as a first. But I think we're gonna have to. I, I know for me, in our diocese, by the way. Um, the racism, yes, you know the, the internally how to how to you know how to approach that how to be that forest 
but I think we're going to have to be, you know, very intentional. I'd like to see that we can reach out to our suburban communities where the politics is a little different than our own. Yes. Uh, 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 you know, to, to do that. In the Midwest, I don't might be, um, you know, to do that. But I think it's going to cause, it's, it's, it's a moment for really stretching out of the box, you know, in a practical way with our Catholic social teaching. Right. Uh, no, I think that's right. You know, the conversations here were somewhat different. I mean, you know, this is a more uh, conservative area. Um, but that doesn't, you know, but community is always much more diverse than the, than the population around it. So, you know, we tend, and you look at polls, you know, from election to election, we tend to, you know, mirror what has happened in the election almost identically, uh, you know, and whatnot. So as the Catholic vote, you know, goes, so goes the popular vote, it looks like. And, um, you know, one of the concerns I have is, is, you know, you've got voices, you know, speaking about, you know, our second Catholic president, you know, you've got voices who say, well, he's not Catholic, you know, because he has this view, you know, on abortion. Um, and, you know, and you've got people on both sides who have, you know, you had the, <laughs> you know, you had Catholics for Trump, you had Catholics for Biden, and, you know, you have these, these uh, weaponized camps, and, um, you know, neither of those are helpful, because, um, you know, again, we can't reduce our, our faith tradition to a political platform. I mean, the, you know, the, you know, the right, right. documents are clear on that. I mean, we, um, um, and it's very dangerous when we try to do that, because we, um, you know, but inevitably what ends up happening is, you know, we're more than willing to sacrifice, you know, a set of values, you know, for, you know, for that. And so we wind up, you know, you know, you know, so on the one hand, you know, some folks, well, you know, you know, we shouldn't worry so much about abortion issue and we'll let that go. On the flip side, you've got people who are you know, clearly willing to throw, you know, refugees and immigrants and, you know, uh, vulnerable poor people who, you know, lack, you know, lack, you know, the access to health care and things like that. So, you know, we can't do any of those things. Uh, right, right. Lifeboat scenario. Everybody belongs in the lifeboat. Okay. We're not throwing anybody overboard. <laughs> That's the Catholic tradition. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that reminds me. That reminds me of that. Um, uh, actually, in the in what the blog I, I, I put together for us. Yeah. Um, one of the things I, I actually pasted from from my personal blog, where I put stuff that I think about usually for class. I put something on faithful citizenship. One of my favorite pieces that I I put up there didn't happen this past year. It actually happened. I think it was the I think it was year 2014, okay. and uh, it was a, a conservative Italian newspaper uh, that. Uh, came up to Pope Francis with a similar language that they come here in the United States that, that the media, the conservative media does here to say, right. okay, all right, fine. We know you're Catholic. Right. <laughs> Pope Francis, we know your social teachings and all these things. That's nice. But really, it comes down to three to five issues, right? I mean, it's right. really, what, and so the language that they use, we use different language here. They use, uh, what are the the, um, I think it was called the essential issues. The word essential was there. 
um, the, the essential issue. So fine, you, you say you believe in all that. Right. Right, politically right now, we, we want you to, to name the five, and they limited it, three to five essential issues and, um, and, and, and what they are. And basically that, that, that we should vote right. based on those three to five issues. So I put Francis was savvy enough. He knew exactly what they were doing. It was an election year in Italy. Right. And so he, he said, he's like, I, I don't even know what that means. Right, exactly. You know, he said, I don't even know what that means. All <laughs> issues are essential. You can, he said, you can't cut it down to right three to five. There is no such thing as a non-essential. And so he turned it out, turned it around in, in very, very, you know, um, quick manner. Right. You know, so there is not, there's no non-essential uh, issues for the, you know, from our social teachings. And so, you know, you have to keep that all in mind. And I think that's, I think that force, again, I want to run with that because I think that's what we really, really um, are going to need, not only for, for now with all the stress and anxiety, but for the future too, mm-hmm. um, you know, to just be able to have a conversation and say, you know, we got to just, we got to stop with the, with it's this issue or that issue. Right. It, we, our documents have said it, that's not the premise for our arguments. Right. So this is the safe place for us to talk about what does it mean to find common ground in everything, you know, including, um, you know, the, the life issues and, right. the gamut and what does it mean to be part of the life issues? Is it, is it more than abortion? Right. Uh, you know, just so you know, uh, and to the audience, yes, it's more than abortion. Right. <laughs> uh, right. And, uh, you know, and all, all the other issues, right? Yep. So, uh, I, you know, Pope Francis gives us a lot. And I think in the upcoming programs, we're going to talk about Fratelli Tutti and some of the, some of the emphasis that, you know, that our church wants us to move in. Um, but for now, I think, uh, you know, we have a, the election is like, it's a stress reality. It's a new reality. I've never seen anything like this. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's where we need to, need to you know fire our ministry yeah no that's a great point i remember you know the first election i was conscious of was 1980 um, i was 10 years old and i remember watching that election and i uh, it's pretty interesting because i always had this knack for being able to figure out who's going to win the election um you know long before i was able to vote i just had a sense of who was going to win and you know, and what, as you, you know, you went along, you know, the, you know, the 80s were certainly a tense time, but, you know, um, and, you know, real political clashes, but you also had this ability to compromise, this ability to listen to the other side. Mm. Um, and, you know, as time has gone on, that has become, you know, less and less evident. I remember um, when I was in college and then I was an intern for uh, Congressman's office in upstate New York, uh, Congressman Bill Paxson, um, who's married to Susan Molinari down in your world. And, um, you know, Bill was a Republican, um, but you know, he worked really well, you know, because all of the other, um, you know, congressmen around us were Democrats. And, and you know, he worked really well with them. And, and, uh, whatnot. And um, I, uh, I remember, you know, um, Bill had to resign from Congress because he was part of the, he was part of the coup attempt to overthrow 
the Speaker of the House at the time, Newt Gingrich, um, because, you know, they didn't like the approach, you know, that, you know, that that group of Republicans mm. were having. Um, and, you know, it was pretty interesting to experience that because, you know, um, you know, he represented, you know, his own particular party, but he was really insistent on the fact that we have to work with the other side. We have to, you know, find common ground. And, you know, we've, you know, since the 90s, we've really seen the ability to do that. It's been, you know, it's been, <laughs> it's been a scorched earth policy of when at all costs um, to demean and to destroy the other side. And right, right. You know, I look at, you know, you look at how Jesus, you know, sort of handles these things in the Gospels, because he's, you know, it's like Pope Francis, like you were saying, you know, he got these forces trying to, you know, get, you know, him on their side. And, you know, you look at that, uh, you know, you look at that one encounter, you got the Pharisees and the Herodians who are bitter enemies, and they're trying to get Jesus on their side, paying taxes, right? And he won't have it. He just won't have it. He'll, you know, he comes up with this brilliant splitting the horns uh, <laughs> answer um, that, you know, confounds both of them. And, you know, that's, um, that's what, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And, and you know, it, it was frustrating to talk to Catholics before the election because they want to, there were too many people who wanted. That's what it's all about. That's where, that's where we need to be. Yeah. But there were too many Catholics who wanted to be told how to vote. And I'm like, no, I, I, <laughs> no, that's not what we're here to do. Okay. We're here to talk about every issue. Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think our work's cut out for us. You know, I think our work is cut out for us uh, to really be this, this uh, again, this forest of, of conversation, of, right. uh, of understanding, of healing. Right. Now that's a big one, healing. Yes. You know, yeah. What's that? Uh, what's that image that Pope Francis used? Uh, 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 a church as a field hospital, and uh, yes. yeah. I think uh, I think we have to be a field hospital for uh, political uh, evolution here. Right, right. No, I think that's exactly right. I think um, um, you know when these when these external conflicts you know affect the church. You know we have to be ever more a place of listening and discernments and and you know to resist the temptation to go um you know one side or the other because it uh you know I, and you know i've worked with people unfortunately you know in church work who you know who you know they've kind of gone there i remember 2008 i you know it, i was i was hired by the diocese here in kansas city in, in october of 2008 um so it's right before the election you know right before uh you know, McCain and Obama, uh, you know, then. And I remember you know, I was told, okay, you're part of the Peace and Justice Office. You got to go do faithful citizenship presentations. And I said, sure. I said, I'll start with my, uh, you know, with the ones I know in the urban core, because that's where I go to church, you know. And I remember, you know, somebody who worked in one of the other offices came to me and they said, well, you know, you got to tell them that they can't vote for Obama. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I said, all those congregations are African-American. <laughs> I said, there's not a, you know, they're going to vote for, they're going to vote for, you know, 
for him and it's okay okay and he's like you know and they're like well you know abortion and all this and that and i'm like look i said you know i've been going to church in the urban core my whole life i said you know the african-american community this is a moment for them you know they're looking you know this is an opportunity in their minds to you know get a whole bunch of monkeys off of the back you know in terms of overcoming racism and and you know, right, right, right. Realization of of years of, you know, all of all that they've experienced, you know, at the hands of of this nation, and um, you know, I said you can't deprive them of that. You cannot go in there and you know and say things like that because they're looking at it from that particular lens, and that's not wrong. Right. That is not a wrong approach. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, the abortion issue is important. It's a, you know, it's a huge issue, but but you can't condemn those people because they're not voting for him because he's pro-choice or whatever. They're voting for him for other reasons. And you can't go in there and, and say, I'm gonna deny you communion because of how you voted, okay? Heaven help right, him, right, right. wind up going, okay? Um, you know, that will fracture the church. That will break the table, you know, of the Lord. Not and, to mention, it's... It's a sin with regards to how we define communion. Right. I mean, uh, you know, all those other things, all those social ramifications. Yeah, they're, they're valid on that. But my God, I mean, where's our Eucharistic theology when we're going to use it as a weapon? I mean, right. <laughs> uh, uh, Christ have mercy. Yes, <laughs> you know? exactly. Uh, but uh, here, here we, here it is, the, uh, the body of Christ that's supposed to welcome uh the people to vice which you know hopefully will be forgiven for, for the right sins. right well and you know the beauty of vatican ii you know when you look at its documents on you know not only the dogmatic constitution on the church but also the pastoral constitution you know all the different symbols you know that they mine scripture you know on what the church is you know so many different analogies and whatnot mm that you know if you reduce <laughs> if you reduce it down to one then you've you've really deprived the church of something right um and we have a tendency to do that with our tradition right absolutely you know is to be reductionist and to uh you know give primacy to one symbol over another and and uh that becomes a real problem that becomes a um you know a watering down of the faith and the tradition and whatnot that again reduces it to a horizontal absolutely and um um it's you know it's a real toxic thing um yeah but it's mistakes and uh you know our church the faith is like faith comes from god the institution we do the best as humans and every once in a while we slip god knows we have the middle ages right uh, <laughs> But, um, you know, hopefully, uh, again, with the, with the Holy Spirit guides us, uh, certainly, uh, the, you know, Pope Francis gives me, uh, uh, gives us a lot to, uh, to think about with regards to the, the role and the future directions of Catholic social teaching. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I'm going to keep going with that theme of the forest. I think, you know, that, that, that for me, that image just, when you gave it to me just now, it works so well for me to think about how to, at least as a metaphor, how to, how to think of where we need to be with the pain, with the anxieties of the election, of COVID, 
of of the season you know being these holiday seasons where right. that's beautiful and it's a good family moment but, but sometimes in the midst of stress and anxiety it could be the worst moment as well so right um yeah i i it, it, to some extent we're, we're doing that as you know uh creatively um and i know we're having some conversations again specifically on the issue of racism but i think in as the future of politics emerges since i will continue to be maybe a little pessimistic with, with looking for solution from the capital or the white house or um you know even our our political systems maybe you know we can see how our religious systems might step up to the plate to really you know, just change the culture, change that, right. that, that divisive culture and, and be that, that fratelli tutti, that, uh, right. you know, that fraternal solidarity that we so desperately need. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that, you know, the details of that maybe in a later, a later episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, it, well, I think both fortunately and unfortunately, that, those conversations are going to have to be at this level, that they're going to have to be lay driven and things like that, because, you know, unfortunately, the other thing we saw in the last couple of weeks is, you know, our hierarchy, yeah. our country continues to be handicapped, you know, by the second use, yeah. you know, the McCarrick report came out and, um, you know, that, <laughs> so, you know, so, so the bishops, you know, have a real difficulty in being able to lead this because of the credibility gap that, you know, right, 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 right. they Absolutely. still have to manage through. Um, and so I think, um, you know, the, you know, the word parish, um, you know, do you know where that word came from? No, actually, no. I, I, so the I, word parish is an old English word and it means a way station or an inn, uh, a rest stop on the way. Um, the, uh, so English parishes were essentially that. They were these little way stations on the way to the pilgrimage of, uh, you know, uh, to Canterbury or to Walsingham or whatnot. There oh, okay. Rest stops on the way. Um, and so the word parish means a, a way station, a place of rest, a place of refreshment as we can. Great. great. Well, that's another great image. On the journey. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I think, uh, you know, my point with that is that if parishes could have these conversations, have these, uh, yeah. You know that's in the tradition of what it means to be parish, uh, to be this place of of uh, yeah rest, refreshment, dialogue. You know, as we continue on our journey together. Um, right. Um, so you know, I think that's the level. And and again, you know, Tip O'Neill famously said, "All politics is local." Um, you know, at the end of the day, that's where where people encounter church most is a uh, is at that local level so i think the more we can encourage parishes to have those conversations and right. be places of discussion uh and dialogue the better um and we're going to need some courage for that we're going to need some courage because that's not an easy place to be right now uh i think it's so unfamiliar it's it's so easy for people to get caught in their facebook and their social media yep. um you know uh bases where yep. they can, people of like opinions can stand together and criticize everybody else. So it's going to take, uh, it's it's a little right now, easier said than done. Right. It's going to take courage. Right. Know, of all the virtues that, uh, that uh, 
uh, the church offers. I think that one's going to be the one that uh, we're going to have to carry with us to to um, to just bring us back to from the brink to right. what does it mean? What is, what what does all this mean? And, and how can we see ourselves with you know and put judgment aside and to put aside also you know the, these these idea of being cultural warriors. Remember that mm. you know famous uh, image of cultural warrior. Right. Uh, I, I, Again, something else. I don't, I, this is another another topic to, to go into. But you know, um, the report from that was uh, from some of Pope Francis's allies in Rome with regards right. to the alliance and the political alliance of the evangelical and the Catholic community. Right. Um, and, and and just kind of just tough thing. Culture culture warriors. Cultural war, warriors. Right. Christ in Christmas. And I had to, and I had to, to reflect. It's like here I am in Brooklyn, you know, one of the most secular areas in the whole United States. There has not been one moment when I haven't been able to say Merry Christmas. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, I can even go to <laughs> Borough Park, you know, in, in the midst of a city community, <laughs> right. and say Merry Christmas, and they might not respond back to me. Right. <laughs> You know, I get Corona because I'm, I'm not saying it with my mask. Right. But uh, you know, but other, <laughs> you know, it's just. It's. I, I think. I think we, we kind of. I. I think of the image right now, going back to the forest. That sometimes yeah. we have to. So we we have this forest. We have these parish. Right. Maybe we have to clean it up a bit too. You know. I think uh, sometimes we have to go and, and there might be some litter on the ground, and we just have sure. to clean up the forest, make it, uh, you know, uh, a hospitable place, and uh, and then and then invite others to 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 clean. You know, to be part of this uh you know ecological cleaning of these safe places and then to have those those dialogues those places where you can rest mm -hmm. from the, the 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 divisiveness of the outside world and and find a place to be a community again right i agree yeah well i'm looking at the time do we need to um um just uh call it a day and I, yeah i think so i've got to pick up my my youngest in 15 minutes so uh okay so yeah, let's call it a day, and right. you know, thank you to our faithful listeners out there. Um, we invite and encourage you to you know send us comments and feedback, and and um, let us know if any of our ideas are helpful or if you have these dialogues. We'd love to hear about these these particular dialogues. Yes, be part of the conversation. That's our invitation. How, you know, so we're just hey, we have, we're spending some time here. You right. and I, old friends, just having a conversation. But we very much would like to invite others to 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 get in, to comment, and we will. I think right now, you it's fair to say you and I, Jude, we're, we're getting used to this platform. Yes. Uh, at some point, I know we both have common friends and yeah, all that we want to bring into the conversations. Thanks to technology like Zoom, yeah. we can do that. And uh, and you know that, that'll happen. But in the meantime, we very much invite air, you know all you know all our listeners, which are probably not many at this point because we just started, right? <laughs> uh, to, to be you know part of the conversation and and let's create the virtual forest. Let's 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 do that. Amen. That sounds good. Amen.